0: again and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Each episode, we cover an aspect of sex that impacts your sex life and something that you can relate to. So if you find our discussions helpful, please give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We would love it if you would tell a friend about us. You can find us also on the web at foreplayrst.com. And if you have a comment or a topic that you'd like us to talk about, we'd love to hear from you. Please send them to us at info at foreplayrst.com. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. So today's episode, we're going to talk about jealousy, Adam.
1: Oh, uh, the green, the, the green monster.
0: That's right, the green-eyed monster. <laughs> Have you ever been jealous?
1: I uh, yes, I've been jealous many times. Are, are you um, more jealous not, as
0: a person or not so jealous?
1: Um, not since I've been married. Uh-huh. Um, more so dating, going through the dating rituals. When an ex-boyfriend of my wife's showed up in a military uniform.
0: Woo. Uh, yeah,
1: that kind Hot of uh, – Hot in
0: the uniform uh, stuff. Yeah, I
1: guess so. I don't, I don't know about that. I just knew I didn't want him, I didn't want him <laughs> yeah. to leave really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Wanted you him know. out of there. Yeah.
0: Yeah, um, that's good.
1: Yeah, have you? Have you ever yeah. been jealous? Yeah, you
0: know, I wasn't typically a jealous person. I think that jealousy, though, can be really positive and good. I had an oh. aunt who used to say, you know, if, if an old girlfriend of her uh, husband, who was my uncle, would come around, she'd scratch her eyes out. You know, know. and it was kind of like, I mean, it was kind of funny, but she was basically setting a line that's (laughs) a a boundary, right? Like, don't come near.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, tell me more about that, Lori, because I I think most people, myself included, would think of jealousy always as a bad thing, right? Do you feel like jealousy can be good? Yeah,
0: I do. I think that jealousy can be healthy, that, you know, we need to pay attention to something that's on the inside and jealousy over our partner and uh, particularly I'm thinking of others, Uh, although, you know, sometimes Mm. we can be jealous of the way they spend their time or whatever, but I'm thinking about a sense of threat, Mm. you know, to the marriage and like, that's kind of a heads up. Okay. You know, I, I mean, if you're not pathologically jealous and pathologically jealous would be, I had a person who came in and told me that, She was dating a guy and he had looked through her phone like by date two. Mm. And then, you know, somewhere down the line, maybe date four or five, he had gone through her computer and her emails. Mm. And I'm like, oh, man, you know, drop him. That's pathological to me that somebody at that kind of an early stage would be so invasive, right? That's crazy.
1: Yeah, that early, that fast. Yeah, or somebody that's maybe questioning all the time their spouse and can't ask them enough questions about where they were, can't handle being away from them. Right. But that would be pathological. Absolutely. Right?
0: That's pathological.
1: Yeah. So yeah but I
0: think that intu- our intuition says, you know, kind of we, we begin to be aware of jealous feelings sometimes that are appropriate when things aren't going so well. Yeah. And we realize that, okay, you know, our marriage is not as strong as it could be. And therefore I need to be more aware that, this thing that I'm feeling out here might be a signal to me that mm-hmm. I need to shore things up at home.
1: Yeah. So you're saying it's useful as a feeling. Yes. It's useful as an indicator that you need to ask some questions right. in your relationship, uh, the good, healthy questions. But it's not always a healthy action. Action and jealousy... I,
0: I like that distinction.
1: Maybe, Maybe where it becomes difficult. But as a feeling... Mm-hmm it can kind of give you a heads up that uh, that there may be something you need to pay attention to.
0: Right. If you're acting jealous and you're becoming controlling, mm-hmm. you know, with the jealousy, like, well, I don't want you to go to this party because that neighbor lady is going to be there and I know that you have eyes for her or whatever. I mean, there's something controlling about that versus exploring between the two of you what yeah. this might mean, what my jealousy might mean, what your actions might have meant, why I feel that. I mean, that to me is just a big red flag in order to really explore something, not necessarily to try to control something.
1: What about somebody that would say, well, if I feel jealous, I must not trust my spouse or my partner. Do you think it's it's the opposite of trust?
0: Not necessarily. I think if I feel jealous, I might have reason to be jealous. Mm. You know, I might become aware of somebody coming on to my partner. I think oftentimes we are aware of same-sex moves where our partner may be totally clueless. Yeah, You know, they're walking through life, and it's like they didn't know that that person was even flirting with them. And it's like, okay, good, I'm glad you weren't aware, but I was. And I'm jealous of it, and I'm drawing your notice to it so that together we can do something about it, maybe set some protective boundaries around our relationship or make you aware. I mean, I I sort of think that maybe the opposite of jealous is this, you know, blinders on. Head in the sand. Head in the sand that you have no idea that your partner is attractive to others. Hmm. I mean, there's you, you got to know that your partner is attractive in order to be sexually drawn to them, right?
1: Hmm. So it's the opposite might be a denial that that's, there's even a possibility that you would have something to be jealous mm-hmm. of. Right, yeah.
0: right, which somehow or another denigrates the relationship. Well, I'm yeah. not a jealous person because you're not worth being jealous over. Hmm. What do you think of that?
1: I— I I think I agree with that. I think it's I don't think anybody likes the jealous feeling. I think it's a exactly. I think it's I think it's kind of an icky feeling. Can I say it is icky? an icky feeling? Yeah. Can we use that word? Is yeah, that a, it's feel, a bad. I feel, feeling. I feel a little less manly using the word icky, but I think it's an <laughs> icky feeling. Uh, it's an
0: uncomfortable feeling.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's not it's not something that we want to feel. But I like the way that you talk about it. What do you think about somebody that would say, "Well, I'm I've never been jealous."
0: Well, I, I would probably wonder about that. Like, yeah. really. Does that mean? I think many people use that as a way to brag, right? I'm such a big person. I'm above all that. Mm. I'm never jealous. Um, Yeah. I mean, maybe they're saying I'm so secure, but I think the only way you get really secure is through good, deep, intimate conversation about threats and potential threats. And, you know, you've made decisions together. And I mean, I think vulnerability and openness help prevent jealousy.
1: Yeah. I also wonder if. A lack of jealousy is a lack of paying attention. Mm-hmm. That it, we're not tuned in to our relationship enough, like you said, to notice that our our spouse is attractive, that they would elicit attention, that they're worthy of attention. Right. You know. And so, if I am not ever jealous, if I never feel that, then I wonder if I'm if I'm fully paying attention, if I'm fully tuned into our relationship.
0: Yeah, and if I'm not jealous of my partner. Am I invested sexually with my partner? I mean, mm. I, I've heard people say that, and I think, well, you know, are you? Do you think your partner is really sexy? Do you yeah. think your partner is really sexual? Because if they are not really thinking that way, then sure, it's easier to say I'm I'm never jealous, but I'm never very sexually involved either.
1: Mm. Yeah, I, I like I like too the idea of being jealous for their time and jealous for their attention and jealous in a way that says. I want more of that. I want more of that from you than you give to other people mm-hmm. or that other, pe- that other people take from you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like that idea as well. Cause I feel like it's, it's investment in the relationship.
0: Right. I mean, certainly we know the way it can be unhealthy mm. and the way that the icky can become monstrous inside of us. Uh, yeah. And then we can become suspicious and controlling. That's not what I'm talking about. Mm. But I do think that if you start to feel that inside, I mean sometimes it's a cue hmm. I mean some one woman came to me and she's like, "You know, my husband, I'm not really a jealous person, but you know suddenly he's gone all the time and spending all these nights at working late, and he's out with his friends and you know, he seems to be guarding his phone more and not, you know, he has a password on his phone and he never had that password. And it's not like I need to check his phone, but I don't know why he would put a password on his phone. And check I'm like, phone. check okay, his phone, check his phone, check his phone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, check his phone. Yeah. In that case, you know, I mean, and indeed, this guy was I mean, as soon as she said all this, my heart just sunk. Oh uh, Yeah. You, you know, this you is not pathological. This is not a person who is prone to jealousy mm. but it was something that she was starting to feel and it was rightfully so you Yeah, know, because it, this was a big warning sign
1: yeah and if she hadn't acted on it it would have it, she would have felt crazy right she would have yeah. felt like she was going well,
0: crazy well and she did she asked him yeah. she asked him and, he, and of course he denied it yeah. and but then she found out that you know he was involved with a colleague and mm. all those nights at work were indeed something she needed to be jealous about and do something about yeah you know, I, I think it's okay to say, you know, please don't, especially if you think your partner is about to have an affair or mm. is contemplating it. It's like, look at, we need to work it out. It's okay to let out those jealous feelings and not, you don't have to rise above Absolutely, it.
1: Absolutely. Because I think if you- know, you,
0: say, don't do it.
1: Yes. If you don't, two, one, something could be going on or something. It could something could eventually happen. But you're also, those feelings will fester inside of you. That's yeah. how that monster grows. You feed that monster with silence and by not, not letting those feelings out.
0: And I think that the, you know, if you don't let it out and you don't say, please, let's look at this. Mm. I'm really beginning to feel alarmed by your yeah. behavior. Then the other thing that people do is they tend to shut down. Okay, well, there's nothing I can do to stop it. Mm. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm like, yes, there is. Throw off fit
1: Boy, that's, that's say withdrawal. it's worth it yeah. you know don't
0: withdraw you know yeah. that's when you feel it that's the time to really fight for your marriage and have mm. deep discussions and say look it. you know I don't know what's going on but I know something's going on and I really hope you haven't crossed the line and please don't you know yeah. because that's that's so much harder to come back from. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about what you might be feeling about this person.
1: Let's talk about what we can do. And yeah. Let's talk
0: about what might be missing between us that, you know, is causing this other person to have some sort of allure. Mm.
1: Yeah, I think that you lean into the feeling, mm-hmm. right? You don't, you don't hide from it. You don't avoid it. And that happens so often that people avoid the feeling because they don't like it. Right. right, because it because makes them uncomfortable, or unmanly. Yeah, or or it's or it's an <laughs> unmanly feeling. Yeah. That's right. Or we think we should. Or we it makes
0: so, us a catty witch.
1: Yeah. Or we're supposed to be doing something else. There's the the should haves take over, yeah. or the the supposed-tos. Right. As opposed to saying, let's not avoid this. Let's talk about this. Let's make something happen.
0: Yeah. Okay. You're listening to 4Play Radio Sex Therapy. We're talking about jealousy when it's healthy, when it's not, and we'll be right back.
1: Wanting Sex Again How to Rediscover Desire and Heal a Sexless Marriage by Certified Sex Therapist Lori Watson
0: Technique and that combination together helps marriages be happy. Weekend couples intensives are also offered. Improve your sex and improve your relationship with Awakening
1: Center for Couples and Intimacy. Find out more at awakenloveandsex.com. Awaken what's possible. It is one of my great joys in life to be able to really help individuals and couples find strength in their relationships and really find hope again. Licensed marriage and family therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews from Matthews Counseling. I work with a wide variety of issues, including depression and anxiety, marital issues, issues with adolescents. I believe that therapy should be designed around you, that it should be personalized to who you are and to your unique situation. Situation.
0: Therapy is available in
1: office, online, and by phone. I want therapy to be comfortable for everyone. At our office, you'll find that we sit around a fireplace in deep, comfortable chairs look at the problem differently, and offer practical solutions for you to take home and utilize outside of the therapy room. Schedule today and rediscover hope. You can find me on the web at matthewscounseling.net. Matthew's with one T. You can contact us through email or phone and find a lot of resources on our website, matthewscounseling.net.
0: We're back talking about jealousy and foreplay radio sex therapy. Adam, say again what you just said.
1: I was just looking at our little outline and the list of all the stuff that people get jealous over and that they need to draw boundaries around. Yeah. And I just feel like all my couples right now are just dealing with some of these, some of these issues. Mm -hmm. um, What do you mean when you say
0: boundaries around this stuff? How do we draw boundaries?
1: Well, I Boundaries, right, are the things that distinguish something from another thing, uh-huh. right? And so you think a personal space, a boundary that distinguishes me from you, right? That The space in between us and saying you cross that you get too close and I'm no longer distinct, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so in relationships, a boundary is a thing that makes your relationship distinct from other relationships, right, right right And couplehood in marriage and in committed relationships, sex is the one of the main things, but not the only thing. it's but it's one of the main things that makes that relationship distinct from the relationship that I have with my friend Kevin down the street. right. right. And, um, and
0: we talk at in foreplay about primarily two relationships that, value, fidelity, and monogamy right. that have made a commitment toward keeping it hot just Together. between themselves. Yep. and But we know that there are hot things, we acknowledge intellectually that there are hot things outside. So a boundary is how do we keep the relationship safe and special and what are we going to screen out that might be a threat to that special relationship?
1: Yeah. And one of the things that we're saying, right, that I believe you're saying is that jealousy, feelings of jealousy are a a signal that we might need to draw tighter boundaries, or we Mm. may need to draw better boundaries with each Mm. other, right?
0: Or we at least need to examine something. Yeah. I mean, I think in therapy, we call it transference and countertransference. Sometimes when we're with patients and we begin to feel something, it's like actually feelings are a message. Mm. I mean, sometimes I think they're very – it's not like we're reading minds. Right. But when we have a feeling – It's almost like things are not being spoken about in the room. You know, you can go in there and suddenly, like, I'm sitting with a couple and I'm feeling angry. It's like, why am I feeling angry? Mm -hmm. I'm not angry. I'm not angry at these people. I'm not angry at my (laughs) husband, you know, but I'm suddenly feeling angry. And it gives me a clue. It's almost like a feeling comes across the room and it gets dumped in me. And it's actually a feeling that they're having about each other. I mean, it's the weirdest thing, but feelings every therapist can outside confirm that are outside this. of words yeah. are outside of words and and we can communicate feelings in that way and jealousy i think is this t- form of communication
1: mm-hmm.
0: sometimes a partner is you know thinking outside of the marriage and so then their partner feels jealous so you shouldn't be ashamed of jealous feelings i think i think you should explore them yeah with your partner
1: and so when we examine those boundaries what are we looking for what are we trying to what are we examining with them that allows jealousy to be positive mm-hmm. right that allows jealousy to say okay let's look at these boundaries are they where they need to be what are we looking for
0: right and so i think what are we looking for is ways that we safeguard our marriages mm-hmm. and our commitments and making it explicit yes. you know so so many people especially when we're first married you know we're just thrown out there we've made one commitment right? right usually i commit to be faithful to you for the rest of my life mm-hmm. but how to be faithful you know what crosses the line what puts me in jeopardy what puts you in jeopardy i mean that's you know that's a huge definition problem
1: yeah and i think what you said about it being explicit that's the thing that i don't think happens we don't talk about what our expectations are mm-hmm. right and what and boundaries have to be drawn clearly or else if if i have one boundary and you have another boundary and they're they're in conflict then we're going to have problems yes right and so yes. i think they have to be we have to talk about these different areas to say Okay, what's my expectation? What's my spouse's expectation? And are they in the same place? And if they're not, we get them there so mm-hmm. that we both can say, "This is what we expect to have happen. This is the boundary we want to draw." Mm-hmm. Right? Uh,
0: and I, w- I think I would start that drawing with no secret relationships. Hmm. You know, if you have a relationship with the opposite sex, and it's feel secret, like you can't talk to your partner about yeah. it. There's something going on there. You know, it's like you start to go out to lunch with a colleague, an opposite-sex colleague at Mm -hmm. work, and pretty soon you're not telling your partner, hey, I went out with Gloria again. Yeah. You know, and why do you not tell your partner that? Well, because she'll be jealous. Okay, well, why would she be jealous? Hmm. You know, is it because it's too frequent and, you know, that kind of intimate connection or too frequent we know builds intimacy, right? We're begging people to— to do that regularly with their partner. Yeah. If you're going out with your colleague three times a week and you're talking about whatever, I mean, mm. that's three. Do you spend three hours a week with your partner? <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, and I think too, if you're not acknowledging that that partner is somebody that you're either um, that is either attractive mm-hmm. um, or somebody like I think. There's, this happens on TV shows all the time, where they'll say, "Oh, I'm going to have lunch with Alex," right? And right. Alex turns out to, to, to be, be a beautiful woman, glorious. <laughs> <blonde>. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> like if you're not acknowledging that kind of thing and being straightforward with that, then I think that's also keeping a part of it secret. You're not yeah. you're not disclosing.
0: And uh, some all people, the threats. some people may draw the line at lunch with the opposite sex. I yeah. mean, for them, that's too far. That's yeah. too far of a cross boundary. Yeah. A one-on-one lunch, lunch yeah. might be too far. I, to me, I kind of draw the line overall at dinner, and mm. alcohol. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Although <laughs> yes. I do, I do have some friends I might drink with, but you know, I, I just think off most of the time. You know, those, you know, things loosen up when there's yeah. alcohol involved and there's nighttime. That's kind of the worry I think when people travel, mm. if they're traveling with colleagues, and oh, I'm going out with my colleague. We're, you know, gonna hit. You know, we had these big meetings, and now we're going to go relax at the bar. Yeah. We're going to have a couple of cocktails, and we both happen to be in the same hotel. It's like, ooh, you know.
1: Yeah. What Talk about that. What are some boundaries that you would recommend for people that travel? I have a lot of couples where one member or both, they travel for work a lot, so they're gone a lot, mm-hmm. and they have to interact with members of the opposite sex, and they have yeah. to – they can't not – you know, go out for drinks um, with the boss, or they can't not go out for right. dinner. And so that's a real challenge. So what are the boundaries mm-hmm. that we start to draw around travel that you would recommend?
0: You know, I think, I think every person has to analyze this themselves. So I can't be a standard. Sure. But I do think, you know, if possible, go with three. Mm. You know, if you're out in a foreign city, and it's just you and an opposite sex colleague, there's got to be a vendor that you could take out with you that, you know, would be great to spend time with because you're there on business. You're there to get something done to form relationships. So three is always safer than two and one drink, you know, max Hmm. versus two drinks. Um, I mean, I just think really alcohol, when it comes into the picture, especially if you're a person who can't have one glass of wine, but you're going to have to have two. I mean, that, that to me, alcohol loosens lips, yeah. You know, and you start to flirt and it's just easier to talk about things that are more intimate that might not be as appropriate in a work relationship. And even if it's just complaining about, you know, your work, yeah. that that's kind of intimate.
1: Yeah. And I think I want to make sure to be clear what we're saying, because we're not saying that those things are necessarily 100 percent wrong right, no. to do. No, what we're saying is like w- jealousy is a way to identify threats in the relationship and boundaries that you need to talk about. So our way to keep them safe. Yes, and a way to keep them safe. And so that's part of like having those the things that you're talking about right there. Like we you want to be smart in your relationship and you want to know that both people share the same expectation for what's going to happen when you travel for work.
0: Right. I knew one drug rep who had to travel, you know, her region she had to travel with her male colleague and they went by car because it was basically a close enough region. But they were often in the car four hours to a city. Hmm. You know, and, and then you spend the night there and you have drinks too. I mean that's just that's an insane recipe I think for It's a um, setup. It's a setup. Yeah. You know, so you just have to be smart thinking about what you talk about as you're talking about your work and things that are not flirtatious perhaps and maybe you don't go out to dinner that night together too. Maybe you just say, wow, I'm tired. I got to hit the hay and Mm. read my book. And, you know, because it's a lot of time. And I think a lot of time spent together often breeds intimacy Mm. and a lack of time, you know, you're not spending it with your spouse, you're spending it with your colleague. I think it's just being smart. It's not a fast, hard and fast rule about this.
1: It's not saying that we can't control ourselves either, but it's also saying we want to be We want to defend the relationship that we have. And we want to make sure that it's important
0: and given priority. And I have opposite sex friends. But, I mean, I always let my husband know when I've talked to them on the phone or if I've seen them for lunch. And, you know, and I have colleagues that I go out with and that are opposite sex. And, you know, we talk about important things. But it's sort of like it has to be in the open and it's not Mm. necessarily a pattern. Yeah. Yeah.
1: What are some other areas that you feel like we need to – draw boundaries around or be, or at least examine.
0: Sure. I think now with social media and Facebook, Facebook, I say, is the perpetual high school reunion. Oh my goodness. You know, high school reunions used to be a hotbed for affairs because you go home, you feel safe and comfortable. You knew these people growing up, you knew what their families were like. Mm. There's a lot of safety in that. And so people would go home, you know, to their high school reunion or college reunion or whatever. And you know, affairs would likely happen, and but now it's ever present. Yeah. You know, you can have secret communication on Facebook. Yeah. I mean, to me, if you're talking with an old lover or old friends, and your partner doesn't know, and it's not open, and you have passwords, it's like I think that needs to be examined, or at least yeah. talked about with your partner. Like, how yeah. do you feel about this? Why are you running? You know?
1: Why are you running there instead of running to the relationship? Yeah, I, especially.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think we all know when we've crossed that line. I mean, I think there can be some fun flirtation, Mm -hmm. but there can be a flirtation that has intent. Mm -hmm. You know, that suddenly we're finding ourselves thinking about that person and fantasizing about them and putting energy, psychic energy into it. And that to me is a cross boundary.
1: Yeah. So talking about jealousy, boundaries, how to do that. What are what are our tips for this week, Lori? What's tip number one?
0: Okay, tip number one. Use jealousy to let you know that something needs to be examined between yourself and your partner.
1: Yeah. And talk about it. Right, and bring talk that about out. It. Yeah.
0: And also the same sense of guilt. Yeah. You know, if you feel guilty about secrecy or fantasies or feelings that you have for opposite sex members, they're not your partner. Use that as another thing. Oh, I need to explore this. I need to explore this inside mm-hmm. and I need to talk to my partner about it. Yeah. Tip okay. number two, Adam, what's tip number two?
1: Tip number two is to use jealousy to talk about and examine your boundaries and see where they're at. See if they either need to be clarified, if they need to be redrawn, um, if 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 you're on the same page as far as expectations in a lot of the areas that we talked about. But if there's some area where you feel jealousy toward or guilt about, that you're using that to talk about your boundaries and making sure you're on the same page.
0: Okay, and I would say tip number three is make sure that your primary relationship is sexual and that, you know, you're coming from a place of health, sexually. So that's the biggest thing, right? Yeah. My needs are met. I don't need as much from outside there. Yeah. Okay, listening to 4Play Radio Sex Therapy with your sex therapist, Lori Watson, and our couples therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews. Thanks for listening. Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends and please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much.